it comes down to finding the right franchise too, right? You know, the franchisor is a lot more hands-on, whereas, you know, even with GoMinis, we have quite a bit of autonomy. We can't just go do absolutely anything we want, but they allow us the freedom to set our own prices, to figure out some of our own local marketing. Welcome to Franchise Empires, where aspiring entrepreneurs learn exactly what it takes to become a successful franchise owner from one location to 10 and beyond. I'm the Wolf of Franchises. Hey everyone, it's The Wolf. Today on the show, we have Matt Stapleford, who's one year into running his mobile storage franchise, Go Minis. Matt's a great guest because he's only, as I just mentioned, a single year in. So we dive into what the ramp up has been like, what his due diligence has been like, why he chose a bit of an obscure niche of franchising in mobile storage. And we talk about it all, his journey to this date and why he wants to keep expanding and build Uh, A pretty amazing lifestyle business for himself, where he gets to also spend a lot of time with his family. So I think you'll enjoy this episode, and you'll also get to learn about a pretty niche industry in mobile storage. The Wolf of Franchises is the CEO of Wolfpack Franchising, as well as a creator at Workweek Media. All opinions expressed by The Wolf and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Wolfpack Franchising or Workweek. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. The Wolf, Workweek, and Wolfpack franchising may maintain positions in the franchises discussed on this podcast. What is Go Minis? Like, what kind of franchise is it? Great question, and thanks for having me on. I mentioned I don't necessarily fit the bill of some of the other guests of being a multi-unit franchisee, but we have aspirations to get there. So Go Minis is moving in portable storage. So we provide steel portable storage containers for all different uses. You know, if somebody's renovating their home and they just want a place on site to empty out the house, give the contractor room to work nice and secure, they know exactly where everything is, things aren't getting shuffled around the property and lost. That's a big use of them. We also use them for local moves so we can bring a container out to somebody's house. They can take their time filling it up. So unlike a rental truck where you might rent it, you pick it up, you drive it, load it, move it unload it all within a day or two. Some people take two, three months to load. Once the container's full, we'll come out, we'll move it to the new house, or we can even take it back and store it for them. If there's a period of time in between closing on their current house and their new house, we can deliver to the new home. And again, on the back end, they can have as much time as they want to unload. So some people like to do it in a couple days. Others take a few weeks, months. We'll come pick it up when it's empty. Also commercial applications for them too. So we have 12 foot, 16 foot, and 20 foot containers, nice and secure. The 20 foot containers are great for the commercial applications like retail stores that need storage for excess inventory. You know, restoration companies, again, on site storage if there's water damage, fire damage at a home. We can do local moves for businesses, all different applications for them, sports equipment for local high school and college athletics programs, and probably a ton of applications that we haven't even gotten into or thought of yet. So we're always open to anything somebody suggests, we're, we're happy to try and take it on. What would you say your breakdown is a residential versus, let's just call it other, so commercials, high schools, whatever, anything outside of residential? 
We're newer to the Pittsburgh area. We are a franchise, obviously, just started last May of 2021. We are the first and still only Pennsylvania franchisee. So we're definitely still in ramp up mode. A bulk of our business right now is definitely the residential side, working with the homeowners, you know, people doing remodels, things like that. But we are definitely growing the commercial side. Right now, I'd probably put it at 75% residential, but we definitely want to grow the commercial side, work alongside other local businesses, other small businesses, help them with whatever we can to make their lives easier, make their operations more efficient. So that's our focus here coming into 2022. And as we continue to ramp up the business. Yeah, I'd figure it skews more residentially, at least for now. So what were you doing beforehand? And for folks who can't see Matt, I'm going to take a guess here, Matt, you're probably like early 30s. So you're on the younger side compared to some of my other guests. What were you up to professionally beforehand? So I'm actually staring down 30 here, not to put too much of an age on it, staring down 30 within the next few weeks. I have a background in math uh, with a concentration in finance, kind of hopped around from school to school, figuring out what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be, took a little bit of time off throughout my college journey, ended up getting a job in healthcare consulting right out of school. So we actually valued physician practices and set physician compensation. So, you know, I was working in spreadsheets, working with numbers all the time, definitely a number oriented guy. But that kind of valuation background definitely helped me make a decision when I was looking for a franchise. And part of the reason we landed on Go Minis, we own a brick and mortar storage facility. So we started looking into portable storage and thought that it was just kind of a natural fit with the brick and mortar traditional self-storage. I started looking around at some of the brands out there, found Go Minis. They were actually the first one that got back to us. You know, responsiveness, I think, was huge. We got to do the, the validation with the existing franchisees, you know, talk with them, got a lot of great feedback from them, as well as talked with people at corporate. And we just got a great feel from the people and a great product. So Go Minis has a great container, steel secure container. Like I mentioned, we have the 20 foot container that some of our competitors don't have. So that gives us an advantage. You know, we can go after some of the construction sites, the commercial applications, and really the startup cost was pretty reasonable for a franchise as well as the ongoing franchise fee. I'll get into that. I'm curious, though, more for your background. I mean, just so you know, like, so I'll tee you up with, with some questions to get more into this fr- franchise and the value prop. So you said you have a physical storage business? We do. And that sits within our territory for Go Minis. So, you know, we can kind of provide either if our brick and mortar storage facility is full, we can kind of grab some of those customers or we can help move customers in and out with our portable containers. Not to mention our containers being as big as they are, we can set a couple at the facility and the containers themselves almost act like a billboard. So we have plenty of room to kind of do some free advertising in that sense as well. Is that like a family business? When did you start that one? That's a cool, I mean, that's great to have, you know, kind of both ends of the market there. To go back a little further on my journey, that year I took off from college, I started doing a little rental property investing, started with a single family home, kind of snowballed, got to talking with a family friend who was in self-storage, you know, kind of turned me on to the cash flow and not fixing toilets and furnaces and things like that in the middle of the night. So we just found a storage facility that was actually being sold as part of an estate and with my interest in real estate, jumped on it. And uh, we've had that for a little over three years now. So are you a solo operator or do you have partners? No, so it's really just me. My wife helps with the Go Minis business more on the back end with a lot of the social media, the marketing, some of the office stuff. 
I do kind of joke that we have a two-year-old daughter. She's really the boss. She's got her own <laughs> little uh, motorized Go Minis truck. But yeah, really just me. And even right now, I'm doing our pickups and deliveries. So, you know, if somebody reserves a container with us, I'll show up at their door, set the container down exactly where they want it. It's really allowed me to put my stamp on it, learn every aspect of the business so that when we're ready to transition to hiring a driver, you know, I can effectively train somebody when we're at the point where I can kind of step out of the day to day and focus on the big picture stuff. Well, so I was going to ask why this kind of franchise, but given that you were kind of already in this arena of self-storage, now it makes sense that you looked at Go Minis. But I guess given that you already own, like that's your own independent business, right? Yes. How come a franchise versus just saying, I'm going to get into this on my own? I think having the support of the franchise, you know, like I mentioned, we're the only Pennsylvania franchisees. So we have a lot of upside to grow within Go Minis. But GoMinis is working on a national level right now to grow the brand name on a national level. So I think it's a good time with a growing brand that's really pushing to grow their name. So we got in at a good time, not to mention just having the support of a franchise in terms of marketing, our digital marketing partner. They've already figured some things out that we didn't have to go figure out on our own, even as far as you know, proprietary software that they've built out for us specifically for portable storage, the container purchasing. You know, I think if we were to try and go out and figure something like this out on our own, especially some of the economic things we've been dealing with over the past couple of years, it wouldn't have been feasible. So I think it was definitely worth the investment, the ongoing royalty to take on the franchise name, as opposed to trying to go at it alone. It's interesting, you know, a lot of business owners who own their own like independently owned business, right? Not a franchise. I would say the majority of them seem to have a getting over and being able to stomach the franchise fee, the royalty and things like that. I'd say like, again, 75% just can't do it because they're used to their own business and running their own show and it's just hard for them. But then I'd say the other 25% like you, because you're a business owner, you actually see the value in what a franchisor can provide because you know what it's like to start your own business from scratch and how hard it is to get from zero to one. So it's just always interesting. I'm sure it comes down to finding the right franchise too, right? The franchisor is a lot more hands-on, whereas, you know, even with GoMinis, we have quite a bit of autonomy. We can't just go do absolutely anything we want, but they allow us the freedom to set our own prices, to figure out some of our own local marketing. So we really are running our own business here, but also having the support on a national level. So if I were to do it again, if I found the right franchisor, I would definitely take on another franchise. But I can certainly see where a, an existing business owner or you find the wrong franchisor, it could be uh, problematic. For sure. And I think a lot of times, right, like the national brands, especially in the food space, that's kind of the horror stories that come out is food franchises mandating national pricing, you know, like Subway, $5 foot long. I mean, franchises didn't make money on that. So people just think, oh, that's how every franchise works. But it's so brand dependent, especially once you get outside the national food brands, it's just a different ballgame. So it's cool to hear you say that. As far as Go Minis goes too, you know, it's a business that we can run pretty lean. You know, obviously we're making it work right now as kind of a one man show. You know, we're not in the food business where we have all the purchasing or the employees or the turnover, things like that. I think we can scale a pretty big business while still having relatively, I'll use that term loosely, relatively low overhead and few employees. And I mean, I guess from a due diligence perspective, can you paint a picture? Because I checked out a Go Mini's franchise disclosure document before the call. The initial investment's about 250 to 570K. 
and they don't show any financials in their item 19, which if you're new to this show, item 19 in a franchise disclosure document is where you can find potential performance representations from existing franchise locations. Assuming you, you had to have gone to franchisees to get some understanding of how much of a return on investment you can make, can you just kind of walk us through how you went about doing that? Yeah, and I think it kind of goes back again to my valuation background and just working with numbers and spreadsheets. So really in the validation calls, I was able to clean out what a typical rental would run, average length of the rental, average cost, you know, we charge transportation fees. There are all sorts of different add-ons too, as far as moving supplies, blankets, dollies, locks, things like that we can sell or rent. And also just doing market research with our competitors in the Pittsburgh area. I just got comfortable with an average rental cost and the number of containers we were looking at purchasing. I could kind of model out what our potential revenue would be from that initial container order as out as far as three to five years when we're looking at purchasing additional containers and then as we grow and scale. And really building out that model is pretty simple in the Go Minis business because like I mentioned, the overhead, the employee turnover, the people side of the business isn't as heavy as some of the other franchises out there. So really it comes down to how much does it cost to purchase the containers? What can you rent them for? And what kind of equipment do we need? You know, we need a truck, a forklift, things like that. So really it was just a kind of modeling it out based on projections and finding comfort that we could make it work. And having the background in self-storage helped with that as well. You know, kind of already had a pulse on the market a little bit from that side of it. And just kind of a leap of faith. Originally, I was planning on keeping my consulting job and we were going to hire a driver. But as we got closer to launch, I felt it would be more beneficial for the business in the long run if I got my hands dirty from day one at a time when we had a one-year-old daughter. So all those things combined kind of came together at the right time in my life to make me comfortable to take the leap. I love that you said leap of faith because I just think with any business, it is a leap of faith. You're never going to be 100% sure no matter how many locations the franchise has, right? So like that's the appropriate term is you always got to take a leap of faith. And even for you being a numbers guy, right? You knew that. How many franchisees did you talk to during validation? Like ballpark, if you can remember. I think we talked to maybe half a dozen and they were kind of all across the country, different levels of how established their business. Everything from somebody who had just started within the last 18 months to somebody who's been doing it for 10 or 15 years. So we got access to a broad range of franchisees. And I think if I would have asked to talk to every franchisee, I think Go Minis would have let me. So that was another thing that I thought was great with Go Minis, made me feel comfortable with them is I think Go Minis tries to be as transparent as possible. So we did get to talk to a broad range of the different franchisees. I think transparency is super key. I mean, that's a big part of why I started the whole Wolf of Franchises brand. And I think it's, you know, you owe it to the franchisees, right? If they're going to pour in however much money it costs, they should have every right and every chance at finding out any information out there. So that's good to hear that Go Minis was on board with that. A big question I have is, again, I'm not by no means an expert in self-storage. You know way more about it than I do, but I know about pods. And I'm sure a lot of people, if they hear of like, think of a mobile storage unit, they're probably thinking of the big white container with the pods logo on it. And that's it. How do you feel going up against them in your market? Yeah, they're definitely the behemoth in the industry. They tend to be the first name everybody thinks of. So that's been our biggest challenge is, 
you know, when somebody needs a portable storage container, we want them to think of us. We aim to be the premier portable storage provider in Pittsburgh and however far we grow beyond that. But we also have the benefit here in Pittsburgh of Pods has kind of already educated the market on portable storage. When talking with some of the other franchisees in our network, there are some operators that are in markets where pods doesn't exist. So they have to not only get the GoMini's name out there, but educate the market on portable storage and what it is and how convenient it is, even just the fact that it's available. So, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. We're definitely competing with them, but I think they've also kind of helped blaze a little bit of a trail here in Pittsburgh. So we'll do our best to take them down. And there's always going to be competition, but that's not a bad thing. That's a really good point, too. A lot of times I feel folks look at a market and if there's no competition, they're excited, which maybe you should be excited. Maybe that does mean you have first mover advantage and kind of the ability to set the tone in a market for a given business. But so many people have tried their hand at different innovations, different business models. It's tough to like really think of a from scratch business that's never been done before. So I feel a lot of times if there's no competition in your market, that might mean that there, there's a reason for it. It's because the market can't support whatever business you're about to try to do. So I've spoken to countless franchisees who turned down, say, like a five guys because they were like, oh, like this will never work. McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, you know, et cetera. But competition can be a good thing. I think having them in our market will make sure that we don't ever get complacent. You know, we'll always be trying to either keep up with them or beat them, stay ahead of them. So I'm a competitive person just by nature. So I think having that competition will help drive us as we continue to grow. That's a good kind of, I don't want to say David versus Goliath, but it's good to kind of have that motivation that I call it like you try to find a villain that you're working to overcome and pods could be your villain. So that, that's good. Yeah. And I don't want to paint this picture that GoMinis is tiny. GoMinis is actually in 39 states last I knew, as well as I think a, a presence in Mexico and Canada. So not a small business, just not as well known yet as our competitors. Again, I have their FTD open in front of me and I see at the end of 2021, they had 133 total outlets open at the end of the year. And I'm sure we're recording this end of June. They probably have sold and opened more franchises. So definitely not a small brand. They're over the 100 unit mark, which is very impressive. Uh, it's really hard for a franchise to do that. So I say once you get over to 500, now you're really cooking as the system. So things are looking good. They're trending very well at year over year. As for you though, so you're about a year in to this business, how's it been? Any regrets? You know, what's the ramp up been like? I like to say it's been a fun adventure. We've had our bumps and bruises coming from a desk job, a W-2 job to out driving a truck. I've made my mistakes, but I think having that ramp up time, we've gotten some of those mistakes out of the way. We've learned a lot. You know, we're definitely starting to hit our stride this year coming into year two, we hit that one year milestone, which I think was was huge. So now we're starting to look toward how can I step back, focus on our long term growth so that we can kind of achieve some of those long term aspirational growth plans that we have. Big picture, we aim to service the entire western half of Pennsylvania. So we've got a long way to go. The ramp up has uh, admittedly been a little longer than we thought it would be, but I think anything sustainable and worth doing does take time. We're not a tech startup here, so we're building a long-term sustainable business. I would definitely do it again if I had the choice. I've kind of always had the idea in the back of my mind to do my own thing. So it's allowed me to some flexibility. I've got two young girls, a two-year-old and then a four-month-old girl. So being around for my family is most important. 
and we're building a business. So I have to hustle 24 seven. But if there's something I need to schedule around, I have the autonomy to do that and to build something to potentially pass on to my daughter someday. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. So moving back just a little bit, when you started, how did you approach buying out your first territory? Was there bank, you know, lenders involved, cash on hand? You know, I think that's always an important piece for people to realize is the different ways you can get into a franchise. And it's not doesn't necessarily require a big pile of money at the beginning. Yeah, so we were actually able to do it with an SBA loan. We worked with Live Oak Bank. And that was actually who Gomez recommended at the time because they are one of or the largest self-storage lender in the country. They do a lot of portable storage already, so they understand the business. So again, somebody else has already come in and educated Live Oak on portable storage. That wasn't something I had to go in and try to pitch to you know a local banker who had never heard of portable storage. So it was a pretty smooth process for us. And again, doing the SBA loan, we only needed 10% down. So the actual cash injection wasn't too bad. You know, the biggest part of our startup costs is the containers. We own our containers. So, you know, while it's a big cost up front, it's also a big asset. The fact that we just own those. And I would do that again, if I had the choice, you know, I still work closely with Live Oak since we are still ramping up, had a great experience with them. If anybody else is thinking about getting into portable storage, you know, would highly recommend the team there at, at Live Oak. Yeah, to be able to finance 90% of it, that's fantastic. So again, for people generally speaking, guys, I mean, at most 565K investments. So Matt's was able to probably just get about 450 to 500 of that through Live Oak. So don't sleep on uh, financing. You are levered up, but it can make things a lot more attainable than you realize. Yeah, until we got into it, quite frankly, I wasn't sure that it was something I could make happen either. But you go into it, trying to take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way. And specifically with GoMinis, the actual startup cost varies depending on population, number of containers, working capital, things like that. But yeah, I think relatively speaking, compared to other franchises, pretty reasonable startup costs. Definitely. It's certainly palatable for the franchise world. So your day to day, you know, typically just to give people an idea of what life can be like, and this is at a year in, so it's not like day one anymore. So you driving the truck every day. I mean, how does a typical week look like for you? Every day is a little bit different. Some weeks I'm in the truck every day and some weeks I'm at home a couple of days doing marketing stuff, returning calls, following up with leads. So, you know, kind of doing it all, wearing a lot of hats as a lot of entrepreneurs do. But, you know, it gives me some variety too. going to networking events, trying to get the name out there. So really every day is a little bit different. But, you know, makes it fun. Get to get my hands dirty. We build our containers. So they come shipped to us flat on a rack, five or six to a rack. We put those together. So some weeks I'm spending a couple of days putting the containers together. Kind of depends on how the schedule's looking. You know, as we grow, that'll become more and more time in the truck for either me or we get to the point of hiring a driver so that I can step back and focus more on the marketing and the networking and growth, things like that. So do you have anyone hired yet or is it solo at the moment aside from the help help from your wife of course one man show with my wife behind me fully supporting me but you know hopefully before too long here we'll be looking at taking on at least some part-time help so that i can step back work on the business not in the business as much just being able to do that that's when things can really move quicker but as you mentioned earlier right it's got to be sustainable you can't force it overnight so yeah, you're taking the patient approach. Yeah. And when we were looking at starting up, I couldn't justify starting this business, throwing a driver behind the wheel, 
while I was still trying to figure out the business, you know, I couldn't have given a driver tips on deliveries and pickups and things like that without ever having done it myself. So now starting from day one, I can effectively train somebody or if we have a driver and they need some time off or they get sick or something, I can just hop back behind the wheel. You know, I'll know how to do a delivery or pickup so we won't be sitting idle if that's the case. I mean, it doesn't have to be done that way for every franchise, but I've just noticed the franchisees that did kind of start out working every job within the business. It's such a stronger, or you just have such a better ability to not only communicate with your employees, but it's easier to gain respect when they know that you've done every position. Like for instance, I met a Mathnasium franchisee who owns 20. I mean, he started out as a teacher and doing everything. <laughs> so now he doesn't do any of it. He just oversees it all. But that's different that, right? than like, we had Jamie Weeks, the Orange Theory franchisee on the show, and he owns 140 Orange Theories, but that's a different type of business where, right, he was never going to be the fitness instructor. It varies from business to business, but I do think if there is a way where you can financially afford to be the one learning and kind of taking a bit of a slower approach and doing everything at first, I'm sure it's incredibly stressful, but just over time as like your organization grows, I just see that being a major asset for you to have. Yeah, it's also really allowed me to really make my mark on the business, being out there delivering and picking up containers and interacting directly with our first customers, I think helps grow our word of mouth and referral business, especially in the early days, which is huge. You're able to really be the first point of contact in the face of the business, which as the owner, that's probably what you want. So it's really important. And then you can build off that base that you're setting right now. So what would you say? So, I mean, long term here, you mentioned earlier you want to take over all of Western Pennsylvania. What do you plan to do in the next year to kind of advance that vision? So that is the long term goal. And again, part of what attracted us to Go Minis is I'm not going to say we have unlimited upside, but we have a lot of room to grow. We weren't looking at coming into a franchise where we had franchisees bordering us on all sides of our territory. Within the next year, we're definitely going to be looking at ordering more containers. I think looking at taking on the next territory. And, you know, I think a big step for us will be starting to bring on some part-time or hopefully full-time. Hopefully we can keep somebody busy full-time to help with the day-to-day -day stuff. And then five, 10 years, hopefully you and I can have another conversation and uh, <laughs> we'll be go minis of Western Pennsylvania, as opposed to just go minis of Southwest Pittsburgh. That would be an awesome reunion episode. My final question would be, let's say you accomplish when do you accomplish this vision in five or so years? And you are Go Minis of Western Pennsylvania. Generally, what does that look like for you as the owner financially? How much do you foresee possibly taking in or that business being worth? And the reason I ask is because TechCrunch and these major publications aren't going to write about the mobile storage owner of Western Pennsylvania. Like you're not going to be, you know, it's not the sexy startup owner. But I still want people to know that unsexy franchise owner how much money you could potentially make. So generally, what do you see the that upside return potential is? When we get to that point, the take home is, you know, mid to high six figures. Obviously depends on if we bring in some more operational people. Depends on what kind of help we have too. But I think Go Minis can also be a great lifestyle business. So if we do bring on the right people, like I mentioned, we can run a pretty lean business, have a great lifestyle. It means a lot of containers, a lot of trucks on the road, things like that. But yeah, I think the upside is definitely mid to high six figures, you know, if you get to what we're looking at, Western Pennsylvania, which would mean, you know, probably five or six territories, biggest one or two definitely being around Pittsburgh, and then, you know, some other areas, Harrisburg, Erie State College, all places I'm familiar with, too. So kind of a natural progression for us, kind of already knowing the landscape out there. 
I'm in Manhattan. So I think important for people to recognize too, like mid to high six figures. It buys you certainly a much better standard of living than it would in Manhattan, which is an extreme example. But like, that's a very healthy return. You know, obviously we need to put food on the table and provide for my daughters and things like that. But, you know, didn't go into this ever thinking that we were going to bring home millions of dollars a year. You know, we were looking more for the lifestyle. You know, like I mentioned, family's super important to me. So, you know, want to be around for all the big moments for my daughters, still live a good life, but that's not the main motivation behind it. Yeah. We like to give back too. So we do some work here with a homeless shelter in Pittsburgh, donating containers from time to time to collect donations for them. So as we grow, we'll, we'll definitely be looking to do more and more of that. So whatever we can do to give back to the communities we serve, that'll also be a huge part of our mission as we grow. Again, bringing home a ton of money is awesome and, you know, would never complain about that. But I want to make sure we do it the right way and give back to the people we serve along the way. I love the mission and uh, kind of where your focus is at. And I do think too, right, you can make buku bucks, right, with franchises if you want. But it, like you said, it comes at a cost. And that's the beauty of it, though, is right, as the owner, you can make the call. Do I want to put in 80 hours a week or whatever it may take to make more money? Or I can take my foot off the gas and use that extra time to spend with my family. And guess what? I'm still having money coming in the door for me. Yeah. To me, if I need to spend an extra $100,000 a year to cut down my workload so that I can spend time with my family, that's worth it to me. Once we're at the point where we can comfortably afford that, obviously. But Of course. Oh, all right, man. This has been great. I appreciate you coming on. God, we finally uh, got this on the schedule. You know, we'd been going back and forth on Twitter for a while there. Where could folks find you if they want to follow along your journey, get connected with you? You know, what's the best places to reach out? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you letting me come on, kind of tell our story and give a little different perspective. You know, a newer franchisee, not just a multi-unit franchise owner. But we have a Twitter account, not super active on Twitter. It's uh, GoMinis underscore PA. Where we're most active is Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is at GoMinis Pennsylvania. And Facebook is GoMinis of Southwest Pittsburgh. You can also reach out to me, email me, matt.stapleford at GoMinis.com or LinkedIn trying to be a little more active on LinkedIn. So uh, you can find me Matthew Stapleford on LinkedIn. Happy to connect. You know, if there's any other franchisees out there that just want to chat, happy to do so. Or non-franchisees for that matter, anybody who wants to, to chat. We'll plug all those in the show notes so people can reach out and I'll try to pump this episode up on Twitter. Thanks again for coming on and uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Franchise Empires. We're coming to you soon with actionable insights to take the next step on your franchise journey. So make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. 